I'm going to um, share for a few minutes this morning. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the promises of God, um, but I'm going to really tie it into the fatherhood of God. Um, so uh, you may notice when, when I teach, um, I think most of you have heard me before, I, I'm kind of teacherly. <laughs> uh, I use a lot of scripture. I, uh, I may read from my stuff, and that's not because I'm not confident in just speaking. It's because I want to just give you what God gave me to give. I want to say it the way God gave me, gave it to me. Um, so, you know, my delivery style, probably uh, qu quite, I, I mean, I love Dan Lee. He, he can just, like, God just gives him a download, and he can come up and talk verbatim. And, and I think, man, that's so cool. Um, but my, my way of, uh, the way God chooses to use me is a little different. So um, we each have our, so I, what, I'm, what I'm learning in God is, what I have, I give to you. Like, you know, like, Pete, like Peter said to the to the to the, uh, to, the to the to the beggar, the the crippled beggar, he said, uh, "Well, I don't have any money money on me right now, but such as I have, I give to you." And so, and that should be what each of us, each one of us, in 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 just the way we operate, be comfortable with who you are in God. You know, just be who you are in God. Um, you know, and uh, like Peter said. You can say that, too, to anybody you're ministering to. Well, you know, such as I have, I give to you. And uh, you don't have to imitate anyone. And the last thing you want to do is compare yourself to someone. Just be who you are. So um, anyway, I, I want to read from uh, Matthew 11, 27 to 30. But I'm going to read it from the Message Bible. And uh, I, I'm, I'm not, I usually don't read from the Message Bible. But um, these are the words of Jesus. And I think this really captured what he was saying in a powerful way. So uh, Matthew 11, 27 to 30, Jesus is speaking about his relationship with the Father. And he says, the Father has given me all these things to do and say. All these things you see me doing and saying. And he says, this is a unique father-son operation coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the son the way the father does. Nor does the father, sorry, nor the father the way the son does. But I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to, let, to listen. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll, re re you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I love that. I won't lay anything heavy or, or um, ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That's what he's saying, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, you see? But I want to just back up to verse 27 for a few moments. He's talking about his relationship with the Father. And Jesus, in his humility, is seeking to glorify the Father. He's seeking to glorify the Father. And, you know, we often don't think this way, but it's, in truth, in reality, the day is actually coming where Jesus will hand the kingdom over to the Father. Okay? Um, I don't think we have a grid for that. <laughs> um, but Paul says it very clearly in uh, 1 Corinthians. I'll, I'll even just read it because it's, it's, it's important for us to, to get this. The kingdom eventually, everything eventually is going to be summed up in the Father. Um, and I'm not saying this because it's Father's Day. It's just what God gave me to, 
speak today. But in 1 Corinthians 15, 24 to 28, it says, After that comes the end, the completion, when he, Jesus, delivers over the kingdom of God, uh, the kingdom to God the Father, after rendering inoperative and abolishing every other rule and every authority and power. For Christ must be king and reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be subdued and abolished is death. For he, the Father, has put all things in subjection under Christ's feet. Okay? But when it says all things are put in subjection under him, it's evident that he himself is accepted who does the subjecting of all things to him. However, when everything is subjected to him, then the Son himself will also subject himself to the Father who put all things under him, so that God may be all in all, be everything to everyone, supreme, the indwelling and controlling factor of life. So it's all... It's all going to the Father. So what's Jesus doing? He's on his way to the Father. (laughs) You know? And um, everything's eventually going to be summed up in the Father. And so really, if you think about it, our lives on this earth are actually a journey in following Jesus to the Father. You know? It really is. And this journey is... What Jesus is saying here, it's, it's really about knowing him and becoming like him. All right? Jesus, Jesus is the very picture of the Father. He says, I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, right? And our, our journey, in li- he, he wants to show us the Father. And so, you know, he's saying, I, you know, I and the Father are one. I, you know, whatever I say, I, I, I do what I see, the, I do what I, what I see the Father doing. You know, I only say what I hear the Father saying, and I want to share it with you. I want to bring you in on this, he's saying. And he's saying, come to me, learn of me. And, you know, our journey in life is about knowing, as we follow Christ, coming to know the Father, know his heart, know his love for us, and becoming like him. And we see Jesus talking this way throughout the Gospels. Um, so I think it's so vital to always, in your Bible reading, be reading through some portion of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John uh, to really take personal responsibility for that, to really get to know the tone of Jesus' message. Because he says you know, some astounding words, and I'll just pick one out here. In, in Matthew 5, he says, um, you know, you, you've heard it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Yeah. Well, he turns this one on its ear. I say to you, do not resist an evil person. Whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks of you and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. You've heard it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Wow. That we might be sons of the Father. 
That means offspring, posterity of God, literally children of God. And this is how we, we, well, as we act like the Father. This is how we act like the Father. You know? Just love your enemies that you might be mature sons, my, my children of God. I mean, think about that. I, 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 can't, I can't even get started on being a mature son until I can love my enemies. And many times we struggle with loving our friends. I mean, contemplate that for a moment. If, if I'm struggling with offense toward you, my brother, my sister, how am I ever going to begin to love my enemies? You know? I mean, pop quiz. What pops into your head when you think of, you know, Russian soldiers right now? You know, what pops into your head when you think of some people group that, 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 that you don't like their politics? You know? It, 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 you know, is this too real? <laughs> right? But he's saying, if you want to be a son of your father, he says, this is, this, is, this, is what you, this is what our father is like. And so all our journey, guys, is it's a journey to knowing the love of the father and becoming like him. And so Jesus, this is an invitation. Jesus is inviting us, you know, come to me, learn of me. Take my yoke upon you. It's easy, and my burden's light. You know? Um, and we have to ask ourselves, you know, what is Father like? Jesus is inviting us into this, to, into this fellowship that he, that he has within the Godhead, with the Father and the Spirit. And he's, he's, he's saying, come up, come up here. I want to invite you into this. And, you know, what's the Father like? You know, yesterday I, I was meditating on... Um, Psalm 145, I was listening to that Shane and Shane song, The Lord is Gracious, Slow to Anger. And so, yeah, I, was, I listened to it a number of times yesterday. I was just, you know, and it really speaks of the heart of the Father, you know. It really speaks of, of, of Father's heart. And right there in, in Psalm 145, I'll just grab a couple of snapshots out of it, a couple of verses. Um, it says, The Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, abounding in mercy and loving kindness. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. Isn't, that's, isn't that amazing? The entirety of things created. This is, this is the self-revelation of God to humanity. This is, what, this is how God chose to reveal himself when Moses cried out, show me your glory. I says, all right, well, you know, you, you can't see me and live, but I'll... I'll and the Lord he saw it showed, showed him his back, and he began to declare you know, who, he, who, he, who he is. The Lord, the Lord, gracious, compassionate, slow to anger. This is God our Father. This, this is God our Father. And you know, it, it goes on to say, um, the eyes of all wait for you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy every living thing with your favor. Wow. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and gracious and merciful in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call on him in, in sincerity and truth. He will fulfill the desires of those who, 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 who reverently and worshipfully fear him. He hears their cry and will save them. That's our Father. Isn't that amazing? That's, see, that's our Father's heart. And that's what Jesus is inviting us in to knowing the heart of the Father. But here's the thing, you know, a, a lot of 
a lot of us in our humanity, I, I think we all have this tendency on a human level, we tend to struggle on some level with thinking of God as Father. You know, it's, uh, on, some level, on some level, even the world thinks Jesus is cool. I mean, ask the Doobie Brothers, you know. If you're too young for that, go to the Google. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, you know, people, oh, yeah, 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 Jesus, yeah, right, you know, good words, good message, you know. But when, you, when, they think of the fa- when they think of God as Father, like God as, a fa- as Father, you know, that goes through the lens of our human experience, and that can go through the lens of our own experience with our, f- with our own Father's imperfections and flaws and, and shortcomings, you know? And so, a lo- and so there's, this, there's this sort of image floating around out there that a lot of people have of God as a Father, as if he's like the great Oz, you know, like, like Oz, be, and the Wizard of Oz behind a curtain, and he's pulling levers on just determining randomly who he's going to open the trap door on next and crush their dreams and destroy their hopes and, you know, and, you know, who he's going to, who's going to bless today and who he's going to, who he's going to smack with, uh, y- you know, with, with hardship and, 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 you know, and just never know and all that's, this kind of stuff. And it's all nonsense. None of that is based on truth. None of it. It's based on our own fears, our own human frailties, um, and, and ver- our own, our own, you know, suspicions that come from our experiences that, you know, with our own er- with uh, with earthly fathers. You know, and yet God is our Father is perfect. He's perfect, and he loves us so perfectly, and he knows what we need, and he has our good in mind, our good, our best, and he has our good um, in his heart. And so, you know, Jesus is calling us to learn of him. He's saying, learn the unforced rhythms of grace, and to do that, you know, he's saying, I want to show you my Father. And to do that, though, I really have to come to a place where I begin to trust the integrity of God, that God keeps his word. Okay? And now I, I might deal with a, a, the, a, a white elephant in the room here a little bit, here in the next few, I only have a few minutes here to, but, but uh, you know, to really trust the integrity of God that he keeps his word. You know? Because I know we can all point to situations that may have come down that we didn't understand. We all can. We've all been there. We've all had things that just didn't pan out the way we thought, the way we'd hoped. But I can assure you, and I'm talking about the promises of God now, whatever came down, whatever happened, it was not, I'm, g- I'm going to defend the honor of God here. God doesn't need defending, I know. But I, it was not, because there, there, there are many who wouldn't even admit that they're offended at God, and yet they are. And they don't trust him. Because they feel God didn't, con- God didn't, God failed on his end in, in, in fulfilling his promises. And I assure you, whatever in life didn't pan out, it was not, I repeat, it was not a failure of God to honor his promises. Okay? All I can tell you, do I know what happened? No. I can just tell you there were other things at play. There were other things at play. There, there are other dynamics at play in, 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 in many situations. And God in his wisdom knows and understands. But when things don't happen the way that I think they should in my mind, it doesn't mean God failed on his promises, okay? And I know that's, that's a white elephant, right? Because I know we can all point to things where, well, what about this? What, one of the toughest 
one of the toughest sessions Christy and I ever spent with a person. I remember it like it was yesterday. We were, s we were sitting in our living room back when, you know, back when we were living in on Ridge Drive. <laughs> uh, and there was a person who, wa who wanted to see us. This person was all out of sorts because the, the script that was in this person's mind was God is sovereign, and so he's just going to do whatever he wants to do, so why even have faith? Why even, why even bother? He's going to dismiss it anyway. He's just going to do whatever he's going to do. He's sovereign. Therefore, because, and, and, and things can just come down randomly, good or bad, therefore, you know, what, what this person was getting at is they were struggling with the, con the idea that God is good. And when we began to talk to this person about the goodness of God, I mean, you want daggers coming at you from the eyes? The hostility that, that we, that we, it was like, whoa, it was tangible. You could cut it with a knife. You could feel it in the room. This person was angry at God. Okay? And I, I will say this person came through to victory over a period of time, but it took time. It took time. <laughs> we were seeking help. We talked to Stephanie Foster, and she says, you know, Sometimes you just got to say to people, do you even believe God? I mean, do you even trust God? <laughs> well, you know, okay, so anyways. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, yeah, she's just a great shooter. Uh, to, to come on this journey with Jesus into Father's heart, I have to begin to trust the integrity of God to keep his word. When Jesus is saying, he's saying here, learn the ways of the Father as you walk with me, basically. And if I'm going to throw all my eggs in that basket, I have to trust Father's goodness and integrity. Okay? And that may mean, it will mean, coming to the cross and laying down my reluctance. You know, laying down and, and giving God my yes, despite even some, some fleshly misgivings. Jesus invites us to come and enter into this fellowship shared within the Godhead. You know, and he prayed it in John 17. I in you, Father, you in me, and they in us, and may they all be one, right? And we're invited into this fellowship shared with, within the Godhead. You, as I said, you read it in John 17. And so now I want to, for just a few moments, talk about the promises of God. How do we participate in this fellowship? that Jesus shares with the Father that he's inviting us into. In 2 Peter 1, 2-4, according to Peter, it's through his great and magnificent promises. The promises of God. And so I'm just turning the corner with this, but this is how we become partakers of the divine nature. According to Peter, he said... In, in 2 Peter 1, 2-4, I absolutely love this. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Everything we need has been granted to us by his divine power. and says, through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Meditate on that for a few moments. That's a Selah moment. He's called us. God has called us by his own glory and excellence. That word excellence there means his virtue, his moral virtue. God is so virtuous. God is so good. God is so pure. He has called you.
by his glory and his excellence. And that means God has integrity. And when God speaks, it's the truth. What he says, he makes good on. He is a covenant-keeping God. And if it's anything I can instill in you today, don't let's not be ashamed of a covenant-keeping God. He's a God who keeps his promises. He is a God who keeps his promises. This is the very bedrock foundation of your faith. If you can't, if you can't, if you can't believe that he's a God who keeps his promises, you can't move forward in God. Now, there may, now in ourselves, we struggle. We, we may struggle with that, but God will give you the grace to trust him. How? As you become acquainted with him. As you, become a, as you experience his love for you. As you become acquainted with his goodness in your own life. These testimonies this morning, what was that? That was God saying, hey, I keep my word. I love my people. There's nothing I wouldn't do for you. In fact, I already did it. I say this, I've, I, 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 anytime I'm talking with someone who's struggling in their faith, I'll invite them, you know, and I've, and I've had this, you know, I, 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 I practice this. Anytime I'm struggling, you know where I go? I go back to the cross. I go back to the cross because that's where literally the scripture says God proved, the Father proved his love to you at the cross. He proved his love by sending his son. He proved his love by giving his body to be broken and his blood to be shed. And that blood is blood of the covenant. The covenant which ratifies the agreement and makes you a partaker of the divine nature and gives you access to his great and precious promises. So it's by these great and precious promises through yeah, that's the next verse. See, he's called us by his glory and goodness, his glory and his excellence. So God is a God who keeps his word. And he says in verse 4, for by these, by what? By his glory and his excellence, by his glory and his, and his virtue, he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may be partakers of the divine nature. So he's given us his great and precious promises. It comes... It comes from his virtuous heart. It comes from his truthful nature. He called us by his own glory and excellence, and it's by his glory and excellence that he has granted us these great and precious promises, and it's by these promises that we partake of the divine nature. All right? So... Ponder that. Ponder that. We become partakers of the divine nature, sharers in the divine nature, companions, partners, comrades in it, literally. He makes his promises to us through his own glory and excellence. I want to wrap up with this today. Uh, in my personal devotion time, I'm as I read through the Psalms, I, I came to Psalm 12, and a verse just jumped off the page at me, and I've been meditating on it for some days, and it's about the word of the Lord and how true and pure his word is. And it's these words. It's Psalm 12, verses 6 and 7. It says, The words and promises of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in an earthen furnace. 
purified seven times over. You will keep them and preserve them, O Lord. You will guard and keep us from this evil generation forever. The words and promises of the Lord are pure words. The Message Bible puts it this way. God's words are pure words. Pure silver words refined seven times in the fires of the word kiln. Pure on earth as well as in heaven. God keeps us safe from their lies, from the wicked who stalk us with lies. Wes last Sunday, as we were worshiping, said prophetically that there is a dam breaking, a dam that's been holding back breakthrough in many lives. And she said the enemy's last-ditch effort is a deluge of lies. The enemy's last-ditch effort is a deluge of lies. The enemy's last-ditch effort is a deluge of lies. So I want to call out this morning, whatever you've been wrestling with, it is not flesh and blood. It is principalities and powers of the air, and it's a deluge of lies. 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 So we expose those. And we replace that with truth. God's word can be trusted. His great and precious promises can be trusted. God has provided us a defense. It's to receive and welcome and live by his words and to act on them. He can be trusted. So what can we take from this, from the, from, from, uh, this verse in Psalm 12? The words and promises of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in an earthen furnace, purified seven times over. Really quickly, the first thing, God's words are genuine and sincere. Okay? He means what he says. Matthew Henry's commentary says God does not jest with us. Okay? When God makes you a promise, he's not jesting with you. He's not playing with you. He's not messing around. He's not like dangling something on you and saying, yeah, come and get it like we might, might do to our pet dog and just stringing them along. He, God's not stringing you along. He's leading you forward. Okay, but I assure you, he's not stringing you along. He means what he says to you. And important to note, there's the logos, the written word, and there's the rhema. The rhema. And uh, Dan Lee brought that out the other day. Your faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That, 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 that one's rhema, okay? So there are, there, are, there are times the Lord will highlight his word to you, a portion of his word. And he's saying, I want, you to, I want you to trust me in this right now, and I want you to begin to act on it. I want you to, live to begin, begin to live as if it were true, because it is. And to begin to make space for God to move. I'll get to that in just a moment. I'm just about done, but hear me for just a few more moments. God's words are genuine. He's not jesting with us. His word also is precious. It's of great value. David here compares it to, 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 to pure silver that's been refined in, a, refined in a furnace. And God's word is durable. His word withstands the fires of adversity. It withstands the testing of your faith. Peter said, you know, there's the testing, the trial of your faith, that it might be, that it might be proved a greater, worth, greater value than gold. There's a time of testing. There's a time of testing of your faith. Understand, though, testing of your faith. 
What does that mean in plain English? Contradiction, folks. Contradiction. Where stuff going on in my life is contradictory to the promise. And when stuff going on in my life is contradictory to the promise, that's not the time to throw in the towel and say, I guess it doesn't work for me. I guess, the, I, guess, I, guess the, I guess God, I guess I missed God. I guess that's not God. I guess God's not, I guess God's not going to make good on that. You see? No, that's the trying of your faith. And it says here, God's promises withstand the furnace. They withstand the furnace. They are durable. They withstand the fires of adversity. His word stands the test. If we will only stand on it, rely on it, and not back off from it. Ponder a time in your life where God gave you a miraculous breakthrough. And the next faith challenge you have, remember that. That's why the testimonies are so important. We overcome by our test by the blood of the Lamb and our testimony. Testimony. Draw courage from other people's testimonies here today. God speaks the language of faith. He's no respecter. He shows no favoritism. That's what that means. If he'll do it for one, he'll do it for you. Truly. He will. He wants us to trust him. And so, you know, I guess that's where I want to end up today. That you can trust God at his word. And what does that begin to what does that look like? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of promise that's been that's been coming forth here. We were talking about you know babies being born and what, what was a spiritual baby all the, the last week. All that came forth. What, well, th- those are great promises. Now, what does that mean? So I, you know, as as elder here, I, I as an elder here, I got to give you something tangible, practical to walk out. Okay, or I'm not being a good you know father in the house. Well, I'll tell you what it means. We've got to begin to prepare our lives and begin to act on the truth of that word before you see it. You know, God spoke to Noah. Noah started building an ark. He didn't wait until it started to rain. Okay? So and, and that, that's just an example. But, but, you know, begin to walk in the reality of it. Do you know God changed Abram's name to Abraham? You know, father of many? Before Isaac showed up. He's walking around, and his wife and every friends are calling him Abraham. And people are like, you're an old man, and you have no kids. What are they talking about? You know? The promise. The promise. Elisha comes to a widow. What do you got in your house? Nothing, just a little oil, nothing else. All she saw was her limitation. Oh, you got oil? All right. Go get a bunch of jars. Get as many as you can. Like, according to your faith, get as many as you can. Not a few, he says. Get as many as you can. This is going to really test how much faith you got. Are you going to go, well, one or two jars? Yeah, okay. Whatever. I'm doing it because the, the man, or the prophet, the, the dude told me to do it. Or are you going to get a lot of jars? She went and got a lot of jars. And the, Elisha says, start pouring. The oil just keeps coming and coming and coming. That's olive oil, folks. Kept coming and coming and coming. And fill one jar, go up, fill another jar. Jar after jar after jar got filled. And we see this through the scriptures in countless times. You know, multiplying loaves and fishes. What do you have in your hand? What is in your hand? What is in your hand? What is in your hand? We read it in the Psalms. God, the nature of our Father is to open his hand and bless and satisfy the desires of every living thing. 
What's our new nature, folks? We're new creation in Christ. That nature of God in us, that divine nature that, by we, that we participate in through his great and precious promises is to open our hands and begin to let the life of God, and that includes your resource, your material resource, flow through you. Let it flow through you. Let it bless, let it bless others. And as it flows through you, there's a return flow back. There's a return flow back. And you get into this cycle of sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping. What will this place look like a year from now if we begin to act on the promise of God to each one of us? And I, that, that's in unique and various ways. If there's a promise for physical healing in your life, start doing something you didn't think you could do yesterday. Start doing something you didn't think you could do. If you're into popping ibuprofen every time you get a pain, maybe you want to throw your ibuprofen out for a season. I, I don't know. I'm not telling Start doing something you didn't think you could do. You know? Um, if, it's, if, if your need is material, financial, we, we heard it today. God says, you know, hey, you know, test me in this. See if I won't bless you. Start giving. According to your faith, be it unto you. That's like, there's no limit. The only thing you're limited by is, 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 is your trust level. Give, give, give joyfully. Give a lot. <laughs> give a lot and watch the return flow. I'm pretty much done. I guess I just want to say this. Yeah, leave you with that question. What would happen if we begin to order our lives around the promises of God? And the answer is miracles. The answer is miracles. So I want to just challenge you to create space in the coming days for God to work in your life. And that means take the promises of God, whatever he's been highlighting in your life, and begin to act on it, begin to prepare. You know? Um, begin to prepare. Is God saying, you know, expansion in whatever area? I, I, I mean, I, I, remember, I remember a testimony of a, a pastor years ago who uh, he had a congregation that was growing. And he would, like, he would like fling the windows and the doors open and he'd say, look out there. You know, what do you see? And well, the lawn, <laughs> the parking lot. And he and he just he'd start prophesying, you know, that that that, that there was gonna be a new building over there. And uh it, it happened. Um the the guy's name was uh John Osteen. Now I, wh whether you like Joel or not, I don't know, but you know, John Osteen, I can tell you right now, was it was a, you know, I, I remember him to be a great man of faith. He's gone now. But uh I, I used to I used to watch him when I was a teenager on, uh, on TV, and I was very intrigued by him because he's just a he's just a man of faith. And um, begin to take steps of faith. Begin to take steps of faith. You know, in your in your family, pray together. Ask God what this looks like for me and my family. How do we honor the promise of God? Do we just resort to natural means to deal with everything, or do I? begin to really take God at his word and act as if it's true.
as a, and it is act as if I know as, as if I'm in alignment. You know, really act in alignment with it. And if your feelings aren't engaging there, and you're full, you're, you're feeling lots of doubt, it's like that's okay. Take the step and watch faith begin to arise in you as you begin to see God move, because it's His faith working in you, and He's given to you that measure. All right, so it takes courage, but don't be courageously take that step. So I think that's all I want to challenge you with today. I just want to I, I, I want to end there, but begin to create space in your personal life and in your home. What does that look like for you? And I don't want to rob you of the joy of discovering that. I just gave you a couple of examples, but you get before God and seek God out. What does that look like? What do steps of faith look like for you? And for each person, it's different, you know? God may say to one person, quick, go to that doctor. To another one, he might, say, he might not say that. But, um, you know, th th there's just various ways. But So go get your jars ready. Get your jars ready. I don't know what that looks like. Prepare a room in your house for something. I don't know what it looks like. For you, but go get your jars ready. Amen? All right. So, Father, thank you for your word today. Lord, I, I just pray just a mighty download of blessing upon your people today, Lord. Hey, could we just uh, all together right now just stand to our feet and let's lift our hands to heaven. and Let's just, we love you, Lord. We love you. And, Father, right now, we just, we just honor you. And uh, we, we, we just agree, Lord, God, that you are good you are good. You are gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger. You're abounding in mercy and loving kindness. Lord, you are so good. And so, Lord, we stand. We stand upon your word as the bedrock of our faith. We say, Lord, you are good. And we want to know you. Jesus, we want to journey with you into the heart of the Father. Father, we want to draw near. We want to know you. God, let us know Father's great big heart of love and compassion. Lord, I just pray for a softening in our hearts. That, you, that Lord, that we might know the love of Christ. As we know the love of Christ, that we know the love of the Father. in your oneness, O oh Lord. Let us know you. Let us see you as you truly are. Thank you for your great and precious promises. Thank you that you are true to your word, covenant-keeping God. Thank you for the power of the cross in which we stand, by which we live today. Thank you, Lord, that we are the favored, the blessed, the healed of the Lord, for it's by your stripes. It's by what you took upon your back. Lord, you bore our sin. You bore our shame. You bore away our suffering. You bore away our sickness. You bore it all away that we wouldn't have to bear it. And we stand free today as your children. Thank you for the wonderful privilege, Lord, today of acting like our Father, of becoming like our Father, of living as sons and daughters of God in the earth. Yes, of loving our enemies, of loving our neighbor as ourself, Oh, Lord, of being generous, of being a people of the covenant. Thank you, Lord. 
that you've brought us into this wondrous relationship. And so we open our we open our hearts to you, Lord, and with open hands. Thank you for opening our hands. Thank you, Father, that where our fists have been clenched, Lord, and where we've been where we've clung to things and held on to things, God, you're you're just gently in all in your great love, you're you're just giving us the willingness to open our hands that the life of God might flow through us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Live big. Live big in this people, in this, in this family, Lord, right here. Live big through us, oh God. Thank you, Lord, for the miracles that are even in motion right now, that have been set in motion, that are even yet to come. We praise you, Lord. We honor you today. Pray just your incredible, fabulous blessing, your great and precious promises ministered by your own glory and goodness to every household here today, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you for it. Lord, we believe and we receive. Thank you. In Jesus' name.